Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. LeBondra looking to get side of Bond. LeBondra away from David! 3-1 running! 3 points running! Three points, not for Reading this week. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royal post-match podcast with not, uh, where we're talking about Norwich City um, with Ben Morley. Hi, Ben. Hi, good afternoon. How's it going? Uh, well, it, fine. As expected, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Jack Killick, how are you, Jack? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, that second half was, was pretty poor, but I'm sure I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, we definitely will. Uh, just before we start with the football, uh, we talked about this a bit on the preview pod. Uh, obviously, this weekend was the social media blackout. Uh, it was just a, a very odd way to watch football nowadays. I, um, ben, do you have anything to add? Like, uh, you're obviously in in Vancouver, so it's, it must have been a bit strange for you. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I probably rely on on social feeds more than than your average fan just from that. Uh, but you know, as, as difficult it is for me for, for a day or a weekend putting up with this, you know, I, my heart goes out to not just all the players who are affected by this on a day-to-day basis, but whether it's fans or anything from a marginalised community who see this happening. And, you know, we're in 2021. It, enough is enough is a perfect way to summarise it. Yeah, absolutely. I think this might not solve the problem, but I feel like we're, you know, we, we have to highlighting it isn't enough but it's the only thing that we as fans can really do and and as teams until the social media companies take some form of responsibility uh jack do you have anything to add no i just i think it was good that like you say that the blackout this weekend uh, the increase seen over the sort of the last year and even even just coming like into the start of this year it's just been absolutely horrendous so i think something definitely needs to be done by the social media companies so hopefully this blackout and maybe future blackouts or sort of rallies and events can help sort of get them and conjure them into actually taking some action because we need action from the very top and this is a great it's a great show of solidarity from all the clubs but we need those social media companies to actually step up and and start doing something about it yeah and i mean i think it shows how serious that football clubs are that they did this on a weekend where norwich won the title and man city could win the title like I, I don't know how they make money and revenue streams and all of that stuff, but that, that's got to affect them. So, you know, fair play to them. And we've seen it spread throughout, you know, the world of sport. And just hopefully this time something will happen. Uh, like somebody will get the message that that needs to get the message. Um, but anyway, into um, the football. And it must be said that the first half was a bit difficult to watch because I follow was not working again. So... <laughs> We'll do our best to talk through that. Um, the thing that we do know is the team sheet. Um, there was, uh, I don't know if it was a surprise uh, or not, 
but Dejan Tetek started and uh, Lewis Gibson came in. We're assuming that Liam Moore is out injured again. Um, ben, well, were, were you surprised? And, and what did you think of the team sheet? Yeah, I was definitely surprised to see Tetek start. Uh, I think that's his first start in the league. I think he started in the cup previously and obviously came on for, for a few late cameos. Uh, but yeah, definitely good. I mean, we're kind of at the end of the season where you'd expect to see a player given a run out. Uh, it, it's good that he's been being given a run out, especially given that he's out of contract in the summer. Uh, he's one I am hoping behind the scenes negotiations are happening because you know he's only 18 and, and he's shown little moments here and there that, that suggest he, he might be ready to take a step forward in the next year or two. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be a little bit of Panovic's pet project. Um, I, I've been surprised that he hasn't actually played more games. I don't know about you, Jack. Yeah, but I, I'm not sure you can really break up that you know, to obviously now the season's basically over, it's fair enough for him to come in. But previous to that, I think you just have to, had to keep that Laurent Renamota partnership like as much as possible, just to have such a good understanding. They complement each other really well. But no, I thought Tetek was really neat and tidy in the game, didn't really put a foot wrong. And yeah, hopefully we can get him signed down to a contract for next season. Yeah, I, I think he had a, a decent enough game. Um I think the thing that he was most involved in is the first goal where he kind of he had a couple of overlaps on the right hand side early on, um, which led to a free kick uh, and and Reading actually somehow going one nil up. Uh, ben, did, did you think Tetek had a good game? And also, you know, it, it was odd to see him in that position, I thought. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect uh, in terms of what it be like for like swap with Rinomota. Um, I don't think he made those sort of head down forward drives, either on the ball or off the ball that we've seen with Rinomota. Um, it was a bit more kind of positioning himself well. Uh, we talked about the goal, you know, that that was very much his, his defensive action first in terms of winning the ball from a throw in uh, and then some quick feet to kind of take it away from a couple of players, one of whom brought him down. So, you know, that that little play itself was certainly a flash of, of bright potential for him. Yeah, absolutely. And um, hopefully, as, as we've said, the first of many. Uh, Jack, talk us through the free kick. I think you did manage to see this on, on your stream, um, so, on your completely legal stream, obviously. Uh, nobody sue us. Um, it, it was a good, good, good delivery by Elise and a decent header. Yeah, and stepping up to it, it looked like Swift was going to take it. They do what a lot, a lot of players do. You know, one person kind of runs up and kind of jumps over the ball, and moves away. And yeah, it was an absolutely brilliant um, sort of whipped ball to the back post from Elise. Laurent sort of ghosted in round the back. Kieran Dow should have been marking him, but he sort of gets caught in no man's land. And Laurent, lovely sort of header back across the goal. And I mean, the keeper's not really going to save that. So yeah, it just it rounded off a really good start to the game for Reading because I thought we were we were quite lively going into the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, it's surprising in many ways because that's been Reading's downfall. Um, I mean, I don't know if it was just nerves from Norwich given that, you know, what they had riding on the game. Uh, ben, how did... Yeah, well, you saw those opening 15 minutes better than most. Uh, it seemed to be working in Canada. Uh, what did you make of it? I thought it was good. I mean, I thought that you could probably extend that for the, the whole first half. I, I thought we were in the game. Um, I thought we looked dangerous breaking. They kind of, it, one of those things where I think this season, generally, we've looked better against teams that, that are attacking. And they did. Uh, they had a bit of a makeshift defence. I think their, their centre-back is was young uh, and their left-back was their second choice. Um, but yeah, like I thought we looked pretty dangerous going forward, not quite creating chances, but certainly getting in dangerous positions or near misses, if you like. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were well in the game um, all the way up to half time. 
it was quite entertaining, I, I expect, as well, if, if there were any neutrals, both willing and able to watch, given the, the, the iFollow issues. Yeah, I think, and BBC Radio Berkshire picked up on this, so it's by no means cutting insight. But um, <laughs> the, the fact that Reading don't cut widen the pitch cost us on quite a few occasions in that first half. Uh, we had overlaps and men over on, on the right or the left, uh, often the left. Um, but we seem to want to barrel straight through the middle, which almost led to a penalty pr uh, prior to that first goal. Uh, Ovi Ajaro runs into the box. Uh, Jack, did, did you see this incident? First off, probably should have checked it with you before the game, uh, before the podcast, sorry. Uh, but did you, yeah. did you see it and did you think it was a penalty? Yeah, I did see it. Um, I, th I think it would have been soft, to be complete, completely honest with you. And just picking up on your point, I mean, Elise and Ajaria could both play in that kind of central um, kind of attacking midfield spot. Obviously, Elise has played there for a lot of the season and obviously they're cutting in on their, their stronger foot. So naturally, um, they're going to want to do that. And I think in, a lot of times, Richard and Yeardom did try and get forwards and sort of create that width. But almost when he's sort of on the counter-attack, yeah, it does feel very funneled through the middle but yeah going back to that penalty point I think it would have been I mean it's a close call but I think it would have been quite soft if I'm honest yeah I, th I think I think there was an angle that saw that the Norwich guy just about got a foot onto the ball so uh, I am in agreement and it's Ovi running down a corridor it's kind of kind of not at this point <laughs> um I I agree with your point though like uh the fullbacks definitely did get wide and I personally thought that Swift coming into the team might see us utilise those a bit more, but he didn't really help stretch the play then. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, we saw some nice stuff from him um, off the top of my head. I think probably some of his best bits were actually down the left, um, linking up with, with Richards uh, and um, Ovi. Uh, yeah, not quite that full range of passing we see. Maybe we can put some of that down to kind of Norwich being quite good at pressing or you know put him under pressure but yeah I, I mean, you know I thought he was okay I thought he was good um I don't think he was necessarily out of the game it's just not necessarily the things we expect to see from him yeah uh, that, that's completely fair um so after that initial you know 15 minutes there was a kind of flurry of Norwich chances um I don't really like singling players out but Lewis Gibson uh, didn't have the best um first half or all really game if we're being completely honest um jackie just looked a bit nervous or like he, he never seemed to settle uh the, the, the ball never came down for him i don't know what it was he just he didn't have a great game no it, it was a bit all over the place and obviously when he's been in the team before he's been playing playing left back for us i know he's naturally a center back but I think it's you know it's difficult when you've got two young centre backs in in you know in those positions. If you have say like a, a Morrison or or a Moore next to him, that maybe sort of settles and calms it. They may be kind of like calling the line, shouting instructions. But I think just with two young centre backs playing against such an experienced striker and a great side, I think yeah they both of them were, were quite shaky. I mean, we were saying before that Gibson probably had the worst game, but then obviously, as we'll get on to, Holmes was the one who made two mistakes and, and cost us two goals, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll come to that. But first off, I, I mean, Raphael has had a tough year, I think, but he made some crucial saves in that, well, in, in both halves, Ben. He did, yeah. And I think there's also um, Holmes Clib one off the line, so maybe we can chalk off one of those errors as well uh, to some degree. But yeah, Raphael, very much what 
you what you get with him. Um, he made one in particular that started the second half, point blank save. You know, his reactions have never really been questioned. Uh, but then anything outside the box, anything longer range, you never quite feel comfortable. You know, a few being spilled or pushed to the side. And, and uh, yeah, a very Raphael performance. Yeah, I mean, there was one um, in, in that flurry of chances that I remember where he did get down to it, but he palmed it almost exactly like he did last week, kind of into harm's way. Um, but thankfully, there wasn't anyone following up this time. So that's always always nice when you get that little bit of luck, even if this game uh, we probably didn't didn't need it. Uh, would have rather have saved it for maybe a match where it, it actually mattered. Um, but Jack, you brought up Tom Holmes. Um, just it, it was almost a no look back pass where he's tried to pull uh, Pookie and it hasn't worked. Yeah, we were 1-0 up at the time. And I think, as we were saying, we started the game with quite freedom and the, the players looked like they're enjoying themselves. And I think, to be honest, I think if we were in that game and we really needed the points, you wouldn't try something like that. I might be wrong, but I think you'd get it away, try and get it out to Yardon. But he just was almost a bit too a bit too casual, a bit too confident. He thinks that Pookie's going to think he's going to pass it out to Yardon. He tries, like you say, to do almost a no-look pass back to Raphael. But Pookie's just read it and... He just leaves Raphael in no man's land, and you know Puki get, gets uh, gets in there, and it just comes back out, and and Dow Dow finishes it off. So yeah, unfortunately for unfortunately from Holmes, it was all of his own doing. Yeah, I think for me, it's the kind of thing that Holmes normally is actually quite good at, but he's just got that one completely wrong. It's, and I, I will come on to the final goal. Obviously, we don't want to jump out of chronological order here, but. Um, Again, that's the kind of pass that nine times out of ten he'll make absolutely no problem. But I, I, I don't know what it is, whether they, you know, to use the expression on the beach, not quite there completely or, you know, Ben, what's what's your take on it? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I completely agree with you that certainly going forward, he's probably the best passing option we have out of all those centre-backs. Um, yeah, I mean, just young centre-backs make mistakes. I think he probably made two today and they were both punished. Um, yeah, I think Gibson probably made four or five um, and they weren't punished in that same way. So, yeah, I mean, not a not a fantastic performance by either of them. Um, those mistakes aside, yeah, I think Holmes was pretty solid. But unfortunately, uh, when you do play in those positions, if you make a mistake like that, quite often it is punished. And, and today he was especially unlucky with that. Yeah, I guess if there is a silver lining, it's in a game where as I said, there's absolutely nothing riding on this. We'd blown our chance far before today. So, you know, hopefully he comes back a stronger player, um, all of those kind of cliches. Um, so Norwich levels at, at the, uh, on the half hour mark. Um, and I, as as you've said, Ben, I, I thought we still looked pretty good. I, I, we had a couple of free kicks that um, uh, were, were fairly dangerous. One just over the bar from Swift. And I think the other one, Cruel, dealt with fairly easily. Um, and then... Uh, Elise, at the end of the half, uh, Tim Della said that he absolutely should have scored. I, I think that's being a little bit harsh, given given it was on his right foot, and we all know Michael Elise. But we we were still in the game. We had chances, didn't we, Ben? Yeah, we did, and and not just those as well. But a, a couple of times we got into dangerous positions without getting that chance away. You know, I can think of a really nice uh, break with Swift again on the left, out, outside of the right foot pass that Crawl managed to smother just before it broke through for, for Elise at the back, back post. Uh, yeah, I think the chance you mentioned, probably not guilt-edged, uh, definitely not when you take into account it's on his right foot. 
you'd hope he'd hit the target or, you know, if he's got a little bit more space, he's got a time to take that extra touch and, and get on his left foot. But uh, it wasn't to be today. You know, it's one that, that looks bad if you miss it like that, but realistically isn't going in. Wow. Not even half a time. So he has that chance. Yeah. And one, one um, half time. Their goal has been all our own making. OK, they have had a couple of other chances, but again, they're mostly defensive errors. Jack, how, how did you feel at that point? I quite enjoyed, well, from what I, what I could watch in the first half, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was quite, you know, back and forth, like I mentioned previously, we looked like we were playing with a freedom. We weren't too scared to attack and maybe leave a couple of gaps for Norwich. It was sort of a bit of a, bit of a basketball game, kind of back and forth. And it was, yeah, it was really enjoyable. And I was thinking, you know, hopefully this carries on. Maybe we'll get a draw. I wasn't thinking that we'd, you know, go on and win. But I thought, yeah, maybe, you know, a point today would be a, would be a good result. And then, yeah, after that, it just second half, we just didn't look like the same team, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is a bit of an aside, but um, describing a football match as a basketball game, I had never heard of or very rarely heard of before this season. And I'm, I, I don't know whether it's because commentators have gone out and watched a lot of basketball while there's nothing else on or whether that's what, <laughs> you know, lockdown football leads itself to. Uh, I'm just putting that out into the ether. I'm not, I'm not going to ask either of you to answer that one. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so second half, Ben, everything kind of starts falling apart quite early on, doesn't it? Um, Raphael again called into action. I think first to, to save the ball to go out for a corner and then from the subsequent corner as well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm reliably informed by uh, a good friend of mine out here who's a Norwich fan, ex-season ticket holder, um, that they're better in the second half. So maybe we can chalk it down to that. Uh, but I think that first five minutes of the second half, I don't think we've got a touch of the ball. Um, certainly they're in our half the whole time. Yeah, corner, great save, another corner. Um, you know, they, they were threatening pretty much as soon as that uh, second half kicked off. Uh, yeah, and they, they didn't really let off until, well... I didn't really let off at all. I mean, I just just double checked the stats. I think we had seven shots in the game, and only one of them came in the second half. We just weren't in it. Yeah, I mean, what do you put that down to, Jack? Because Zhao didn't have the best game. There, there was one moment in particular where he almost cost a goal. <laughs> um, Mate, who came on, was barely in it. Is, uh, was it just that Norwich stepped it up? Yeah, I think obviously a win for them secures secure the title and they really had their their tails up after that second goal they were just like well like you say start second half they came out and you could tell they wanted it and as soon as they got that second goal they were just you know loving it attack after attack we could barely get a touch of the ball and I think yeah I don't want to be too critical of, of the Reading, Reading players today because ultimately we, we know that the, the season's partly over but I don't know players just weren't tracking back as much as they should have done they didn't look like they were kind of going that extra extra yard and when you're playing against a team of Norwich's quality and you kind of take your foot off the gas you're gonna you're gonna be punished aren't you yeah I mean I had to double check which one the second goal actually was because the whole second half was a blur but um Todd Campwell does what Todd Campwell does uh does that's that makes grammatical. Uh, let's ignore it. Uh, Todd Count was good. And we we saw that actually in the game at the Medeski where I thought he came on in the second half and, and kind of bossed things. Um, here he chips over to Dowell, who, who finishes really nicely. Um, I thought it was a case where Oviajari actually spots the danger initially and then kind of switches off for a brief second against the top of the league. That, that's going to cost you. Uh, ben, how did you see it? Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Um, one thing that did seem to change second half was uh, kind of, I think they managed to manipulate our defensive two quite well. 
which left times when the likes of Swift, the likes of Ajaria were exposed in defensive positions uh, and kind of caught out a bit. Uh, you've highlighted Ajaria there as a prime example. Yeah, I mean, he was being asked to defend, which he does do willingly. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean he's great at it. Uh, yeah, but in that second half, I think that they exploited us. Um, what I would say, to be fair, is that I don't think necessarily either Buendia or Campwell you know, ran the show. Um, I thought they were both good, but I didn't think they were amazing, when, especially when you consider they scored four goals. Um, you know, So maybe we deserve some credit in that. And, and unfortunately, that meant that the other player in that kind of attacking three in the midfield, Dow, was given space to, to score two goals. And and maybe that's the kind of thing we should be looking for when when we have you know those three players lining up behind Zhao or, or Puskas, whoever it is. That sure you can mark two of them out of the game, or you can keep two of them quiet. But that third one is going to be the one in space, and he's going to be the one to punish you. So maybe that was the blueprint for us today in how you can manipulate things and, and get that kind of three working fluidly and all causing problems. Yeah, I think in in most Reading fans' head, heads, that is how we kind of see our front line. But obviously. It doesn't always quite work like that. I'm interested by your point uh, about the defensive duo kind of getting pulled out and, and Norwich exploiting that more generally. Do you think that's something that Norwich did um, that, like, as uh, how do I say this? Um, do you think that that's happened other times during the season that other teams haven't capitalised on? Or do you think it's something that Norwich was specifically doing better? Um, I think it was probably a tactical switch, just the fact that it was so sudden uh, and immediately in the second half. Um, I think maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but we know Norwich are a smart club. We know they, you know, fr from the top down to the bottom, they, they think about things. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was something that was flagged at halftime or earlier for a potential switch. Um, and I think you're right. that I, I think it's a weakness, perhaps, that other teams haven't exploited that might be there. Um, and definitely something for, for Paolo to go away and think about how uh, how he can counteract teams, you know, kind of messing up that almost man-marking system that we have. Yeah, so, I mean, the, Norwich had plenty of chances in that second half. I'm going to fast forward on to <laughs> the third goal. Um, the uh, Tetek had come off for Semedo, um, I think. I've, for three hours, I've completely what the substitutions are, but I'm pretty sure it was that. Um, he he is now holding deep. Uh, Richards kind of pings a pass over to him that he doesn't manage to control, um, gets back in and, and fouls Cantwell. Jack, it wasn't a great 30 seconds for Reading, was it? No, and I think that, that was the difference between the first and the second half. Just so many more passes were loose. And when we were losing the ball, we weren't getting back in time or on this occasion, getting in there too late and committing a foul. And it just all became very, very sloppy. But yeah, it wasn't a great pass from Richards. And it was a, I don't know, it was a late and bit of a tight, well, I was going to say tired. He's only just come on the pitch. Just a late, a late challenge. Tomato and Campwell, I think he was just loving it once they got a couple of goals. He was running rings around a lot of the a lot of the Reading players. So yeah, unfortunate. But like I say, it just became very sloppy and untidy from Reading in that second half. Yeah, and so from that free kick, they they go on to score, go on to score with with the touch from the free kick. Um Ben, could Raphael have done better? It wasn't right in the corner, but it was <laughs> it was a fiercely struck shot. Yeah, I think. So I'm very much in the camp that I, I don't have much confidence whenever anyone is lining up a free kick with Raphael and goal. Um, it does seem to be his weakness. I, I, I think I may have spoken to you about this in the past, Matt, and um, he's not the tallest of goalkeepers and maybe that helps his, his uh, reaction style saves, but doesn't help him with those kind of top corner uh, long range shots. Um, I, on the balance of what I saw today, uh, I thought 
it was a good goal uh, and it was very difficult to save. It wasn't quite in the top corner, as you say, but yeah, hit with pace, you know, just under the crossbar. Um, it would have been a fantastic save, let's put it that way. What I found most interesting about it is that the wall didn't jump. Like they just stood there resolute. Maybe they thought they were tall enough to block it. Uh, they clearly, clearly weren't. Um, I don't know if that's just because um, Reading don't play with one of those draft excluders that, that allows them to jump. I don't know. It was just, it, it felt like when, when you watch it from the reverse angle, it, it felt like it shouldn't have gone in, Jack. Yeah, I don't, oh, yeah, I don't know. When, when I saw them lining up that free kick, and they had Wendy and Contillo over it. I just had a feeling they were gonna. It was gonna go in. It's just. It's just the way the game was going in general. And yeah, they they didn't jump. And like you say, they didn't. Maybe that's because they didn't have someone under under the wall. Maybe not. But yeah, I, I think in terms of Raphael, I think you have to give him the benefit of the doubt of that one because he made so many saves in that second half. It was unbelievable. I remember another one where Pookie was through one on one and tried to dink it over, and Raphael managed to get it out. And yeah, I think. Just for the sheer performance of him, we have to give him the benefit of the doubt of that one. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the ref also played like a weirdly long um, advantage going into that free kick. So there are many reasons just to mm. chalk that one off. Obviously, it doesn't, it doesn't really count. <laughs> uh, the one that probably does count is Tom Holmes' second back pass of the game, getting getting cut out by Timo Puki. Um, just, it wasn't very good. Then. <laughs> uh, why? Why did he do it? Like, ha what happened? Should Should uh, Lewis Gibson have just absolutely clattered Pookie? Uh, all of these questions, please answer. <laughs> I've no idea. Yeah, I, I've no idea. It's 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 not been a good day for either centre back. Um, what to say about it? Yeah, I mean, it was a terrible pass, underweighted on his weaker foot. Uh, probably the right option to pass it back to the goalkeeper. You know, Puki has anticipated it and, and cut it out well, getting there just before Raphael kind of just missed his toe. So another day he might have got a toe to it. Um, Raphael stands there kind of shaking his head rather than trying to get back because that's you know, a, a foregone conclusion. And yeah, I don't know, I, the, same the same thought crossed my mind. Maybe Gibson should just fly through Puki here and, and take the red card and the penalty. But yeah, that would have been another mark against him. Yeah, just a... One to forget. That's we've had a few of those, whether they're going forward or or defensively. But yeah, another moment we can we can forget. Yeah. So seeing all the Norwich like players celebrate on the pitch after Swansea, I just I don't want to see any team celebrate against us anymore. <laughs> I, I would like for this to be Reading next season. Uh, Jack, are there any positives to take out of today's game? Um, apart from the first 30 minutes, I'm not really sure there are, to be honest. Um, yeah, the, the second half was just, was just kind of so poor. And I think, I think this game maybe encapsulated the, the season as a whole, started very well and then just slowly, slowly disintegrated. So no, it was quite painful, painful seeing the celebrations at the end. And also like, I think the amount of subs, they seem to make a ridiculous amount of subs, Norwich. I know there's only, you can only make three stoppages, but yeah, they seem to be taking their time with that and seems to turn into a bit of a testimonial at the end. So no, on the, on the whole, probably not a lot of positives to take from that, if I'm honest, apart from maybe, you know, Tetec getting a start, but that, that's probably it. Yeah, hopefully one for the future, but as we say, out of contract during summer. So maybe we were just putting him in the window for someone else. I hope that's not the case. Maybe, maybe Panovic just loves him so much he wanted to give him a run out. Um, ben, same question. Is there anything to take forward from today? 
Um, well, I mean, not just Tetec. I mean, we, I think we had a, a league debut for Camera today, who we haven't talked about. Um, I, largely, we haven't talked about him because in his 10 minutes, uh, I've just checked, he, he touched the ball five times. Um, so, yeah, very quiet. But, you know, nevertheless, a 17-year-old who I don't think turns 18. Well, I say I don't think I checked. Doesn't turn 18 until December. So, you know, he's very young. Um, so that's kind of one one to watch. Um, I believe he's under contract next season. Um, just a quick little stat that I checked at halftime. Of the 20-men squad today, only 11 are under contract with us next season. You know, three three on loan uh, and six out of contract this summer. Uh, on top of that, we have Elise, who is under contract next summer. I'll be very surprised if he's here. So, you know, this squad, half of these players may not be here next season if the financial situation means we can't extend any of those contracts. So maybe not the positive thing you were asking for, quite the opposite. But um, maybe room for positivity as those contracts are tied down over the next couple of weeks. Now we know we're going to be a championship team again. Yeah, I mean, that is not where I wanted that to go, but that's, <laughs> that's fine, Ben. Uh, uh, in in relation to uh, camera, there is actually a great um, article somewhere. I think it's in Portuguese about his kind of road to Reading and his kind of trajectory, which just seems to be absolutely shooting upwards. I think he was playing kind of football in Guinea-Bissau on, um, on mud pitches and all of that kind of, you know, very stereotypical, you know, football from poorer country sort of outlook but um now he seems to be on the way up and hopefully he'll be in the team with with us next year um i think we're just going to leave it there because ben's just going to drag <laughs> the mood down further sorry guys um, yeah uh so uh thank you very much for both being with us um thanks jack thanks ben um thanks to everyone for who has bothered to listen today because it was not exactly the best football match um we will be back next week and obviously with the blackout being over, we will have more coverage um, of Huddersfield in the final game of the season. Thanks very much, guys.